0: where you will be able to access past shows, find out more about me and our guests, as well as purchase the beautifully illustrated Financial Foundations books that teach kids about money in a fun, healthy, and holistic way. Thank you once again for joining us for the Financial Fun Podcast. Today we are very, very lucky to have a very interesting and dynamic guest with us, Mike Schindler. Thank you for joining us, Mike.
1: Absolutely, a pleasure to be here.
0: So, Mike, tell us what it is that you do. What are you passionate about?
1: Oh, gosh, what am I passionate about? Well, outside of uh, my family, which I'm very passionate about, uh, I'm passionate about uh, serving our military and veteran families. Uh, You know, for me, I got to serve in the world's greatest Navy in the United States. And uh, now today, we built a pretty... uh, I say it's a phenomenal organization. Uh, it's an organization with a national footprint, Operation Military Family Cares. Uh, and we get to develop these world-class programs and solutions that really improve the health, the morale, the profits uh, to our nation's military families and actually to the industries that serve them. And so uh, it's cool for me to not only help families, but also help industry. And uh, I, I feel like I'm in the best of both worlds.
0: Well, that is totally where a person wants to be, and what is your family situation?
1: yeah, so family I'm you know married twenty two years. I've been dating my wife for twenty four of those uh twenty two um, and we've got uh, two daughters uh and it's uh what two cats and one dog. I mean that's you know that's the family, so it's uh kind of crazy, but uh, I-, I love it and wouldn't change it so.
0: So talking about with the military families and stuff, so what made you go from being in the Navy to doing what you do? How like, how did you transition into that world?
1: Yeah, pretty interesting. So when I got out of the service, you know, the Navy paid for my college. I got into corporate. I was part of the startup, uh, you know, the whole startup uh, bubble in uh, the Seattle marketplace. Um, got into the disaster trade, responding to fires and floods and things like that in businesses, uh but when my buddy went over to Afghanistan, uh he's a colonel, he was in charge of all the offs uh all the hospitals uh in Afghanistan. So he was the officer in charge. And he went over there and I decided to write a keepsake. And that's really how my first book came about. So I was CEO of a company and I decided I was gonna compile this keepsake just in case something happened to him that I could give to our godkids. And we ended up interviewing like uh, 97 couples across the United States on how they were keeping their marriage to, together during this optempo tempo of deployments. And that's how my first book came out, Operation Military Family, uh, how military couples are fighting to preserve their marriages. General Tommy Franks endorsed this book. Uh, then the Army thought I was a marriage expert, which my wife to this day thinks is still funny. Um, and, and i got to tell you, it's probably the worst book I ever wrote because there are times that she'll say, I think you need to go back and reread that book, uh, which is true, right? It's a great point. We all need to, you know, reread and rethink about what we're, we're saying. But, um, that put me on this journey. Suddenly I transitioned out of corporate and I said, I'm going to find a way that we can better serve our military and veteran families. How do we better refer them to services? How do we better position them for success when they come home? Why don't I take my business acumen and figure out how we can leverage this talent source in every community across this great planet so that they can make their communities better and stronger. And so now I've been doing that for 12 years. It's been amazing.
0: I absolutely love that. So what do you find are, are some of the challenges that the military families are dealing with in terms of finances and stuff? Because that's my area of expertise. But what are you noticing?
1: Yeah, it's managing finances. I, I don't think that's any different. Um, you know, whether somebody serves or doesn't serve, I think there's there's always room for improvement in that arena, right? So it's specifically for us, oftentimes these guys will have hazard pay, they'll have danger duty pay, they'll have a number of different pay, and all of a sudden they're building their budget off of something that is specialized pay, and then when they come home and that extra goes away, suddenly they're upside down, right? They're living beyond their means. They have no way of making that back up because they're not going to get redeployed into that situation. And so that creates a lot of angst. Uh There's times where people will get uh, reenlistment bonuses. And instead of taking that $40,000 and investing it or paying off debt, they'll go buy a pickup truck. Um, I mean, we see this happen over and over again. Uh, so it, it's, it, it's, it's similar to even the NFL, right? You know, folks that I know that are in the NFL, 70% of those guys after they retire are broke because they've not figured out how to manage their money. And it, it's a common thing that we see in the military as well.
0: So it, it's relatively standard across the board because it doesn't matter. Like here in Alberta, we have a lot of people that When they're working in the oil fields and stuff, they're making a lot of money, like lots and lots and lots of it. But we're a very cyclical business. And right now we are still in a recession because price of oil is low and they don't know how to deal with this. They go out and rack up as much debt as they can service while they're working. And then when they're not, everything comes crashing down.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, and they wonder, how did we ever get here? Well, it's, I don't think, you know, as parents, you know, growing up, money was kind of a taboo issue, right? When I was growing up, you know, my parents, I didn't really get a whole lot of coaching in the, in the area of, of money. Um, what I understood is the harder I worked, the more money I would make. That was kind of my principle of money. Um, and that isn't always true either right? You could work really hard and still make no money. It's, are are you working smart? And is that smart, you know, leading to revenue channels? Uh, But one of the things that we decided to do with our girls was let's really institute some money principles here. So for every dollar you make, let's separate how that dollar should work for you. Do you want to put 30% in savings, 10% in tithe, 15% in tithe, 30%, you know, or 40% in savings? Or do you want to retain 40% to spend and then you allocate that other 60%, uh, you know, between savings and tithe? So we wanted them to understand what they could do with their dollar beyond just, I get a dollar, I spend a dollar. And I think that's a a principle where we have to keep it that simple with our kids so that we prepare them when they exit. Because my belief, and my wife and I, we believe that we're not raising children, we're really raising the next generation of adults. So who do we want leading that next generation of adults? And that's how we kind of raise our children. So
0: you have my complete agreement on that because like, as you said, you don't really talk about it like back in our generation with our parents and stuff like that. Like it was an extremely taboo subject at my house and it was with most people. So we we raise kids and we we teach them all sorts of things but we're leaving out the subject of money and then we send them out into the real world that's complicated when it comes to money and constantly changing and we're sending them out without any without any financial life skills
1: it's true yeah and, and and i think that's because a lot of people are you know behind the scenes you know behind all the fancy cars and big houses um you know, when you start to talk about, you know, folks like you that are in the industry and, and folks that I know that are in the industry here, is oftentimes that's just a facade, right? That's a house of cards.
0: Oh, big time. Miss yeah. one paycheck and they they lost everything.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And I, I think you know, we we've we've set ourselves up uh to kind of I, I I don't want to say Uh, meet that demand or 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 or, you know subject to that demand but i think because we're so sensitive on image you think about social media you think about the things that we post we never we always post a good day never a bad day right um and, and and that shows up in our finances too is we always want people to know that life is good and so we oftentimes spend our money in that regard. I remember a financial planner saying, Mike, I'll be able to tell you where your heart is by what you spend your money on. So just give me your credit card statements.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And, and, uh, that was pretty revealing to me. And then I realized well, that's a safe place for me because you'll see that I keep dating my wife. So, right. <laughs> right? So.
0: Well, yeah, there's so much because people, it, it, but like you said, it's all about image and keeping up with the Joneses and, and advertising is constantly pushing people to feel insecure so that they'll go out and spend more money on stuff they don't really need or want and like you can get credit for absolutely everything and the buy now and pay later and people are just absolutely terrified and there's they would be so ashamed in a lot of cases if anybody actually saw what was financially going on in their households
1: yeah yeah, no, I, I think I think you're you're spot on and, and, and I can speak to that to some degree simply because I was that person. You know, I was the one that needed to have all the image in my thirties, uh, you know, was leveraged to the hilt. Uh when the dot com, you know, when we had that big bubble in two thousand eight and nine and ten, uh we got crushed, right? That was that was a wake up call for me. Ow. <laughs> yeah. It was huge. And but I think it's, you know, life is going to happen. Can we avoid some things in life? Absolutely. But for me, I went through this lesson of losing practically everything and having to rebuild and restart uh, that it suddenly reset what I what I knew to be important for me, which was I don't need to leverage to look good. Why don't we just build it and be smart? Why don't we be patient and take time? Uh I don't want to owe anybody anything, right? So these are principles that we instill in our daughters now. Why? Because we went through it. And I think if you look back, like, you know, my grandparents went through the Great Depression. Oh, my gosh. Credit? They wouldn't even think of it. And I went through my Great Depression.
0: And Unfortunately, and well, it, it, in a lot of cases, it can be a blessing and a curse, like it's a curse because it hurts and, and and you lose everything. But I've I've had people that have been through financial hardships due to divorce or somebody getting sick or a business failure or being laid off because of the economy or whatever it is. And it made them learn and become a lot more aware. And like you said, getting away from like the keeping up with the Joneses and and having to do all of this stuff to try and please who?
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. It's, uh, we, we realized, you know, for us, it was, how do we create experiences for our daughters? Um, not buy them a lot of gifts. Uh, because at the end of the day, you know, what are they going to remember 20 years from now? They're going to remember that cool thing that we bought them. Are they going to remember that cool vacation we went on? And 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 that was a shift for us. Is what's really important for us to instill in our daughters so that they can create legacy uh, for their children someday. And can we establish the right principles so they they don't make some of the mistakes that we made? Uh, and I think as parents, we need to pay attention to that. You know, whether we're you know married or single or divorced, you know, that, uh, those are all opportunities for us to reset. Uh, and have honest conversations. I, I, that's the part I think when, when you know, in marriage, and you'll probably agree with this. I hope you do. Otherwise, I'm an anomaly here. But it's, you know, having honest conversation is so important. Uh, and it can be very difficult, too. Right?
0: Oh, I fully agree. The biggest part of my job in the financial planning is marriage counseling. Because yeah. it's a more taboo subject than sex there is so much fear and shame and all of that around it and because we're not taught to talk about it at home like if if you were lucky enough to have those conversations with your family and stuff growing up like consider yourself blessed because that's the rarity and then we have to go in and we have to deal with all these wonderful issues around money like okay we're now having kids, so the income has to be changing. We need to be looking after child care and all this other stuff. And people don't know how to have the conversations. And that's why 84% of divorces state money reasons as the number one reason for the marriage breakdown. And it's not even necessarily that there wasn't enough money or there was a financial hardship or anything, although that does come into play. It's more the fact that there's so much emotion tied to it that we do not talk about.
1: Yeah. And I think what's, and I love that you said that because it's, it's not, money's not really the issue, right? What's the issue? Communication, right? That's the real issue because if they, if they knew how to communicate, then they hopefully, right? The, the, the money is just, it's a symptom,
0: very much so,
1: right? It's the communication uh it, That that tends to be the problem, and to your point is because we've not been taught how to communicate about this subject. Suddenly, this subject becomes the reason why we say we're saying we're getting divorced, but that's not really the the fact. It's the fact that we don't know how to communicate about it. So, it's it, it, it's why I've actually made money doing conflict resolution, right? <laughs> because and there's it, never a
0: shortage of conflict to resolve. Right?
1: <laughs> it's crazy. It's like Okay. You know, one of the, uh, one of the most successful talks I ever did uh, in the military space was, it was rooted on communication, sex and money. Um, funny story here. Uh, I was brought down to New Orleans when they had uh, Katrina and, uh, you know, they said, everything's just a wreck down here. You know, we're having struggles with our couples. You know, people aren't communicating. You know, we're just having challenges coming down and help us. And and I said, what do you want me to talk on? And, and I tend to have a, a great sense of humor and, and, and uh, I said, I don't know. What do you want to talk about? And she, and she threw it right back. And I, I said, yeah, i tell you what. Why don't we talk about communication, sex, and money? And she said, that sounds perfect. Well, those are like all the taboo issues. Yep.
0: The things right? you're not supposed to talk about, but everybody wants to.
1: That's right. So, but I laughed because, Tammy, I did not have a talk on that at all. <laughs> okay.
0: You set yourself
1: up and there you go. <laughs> and every talk that we ever do is always based on empirical data, okay? Um, so I had to do all this research on communication, on sex, on money, uh, all this stuff. So we get down there and I get off the plane, and there's this big guy from you know, when he's not serving the, the military, he's serving on oil rigs. So you know, some of those guys tend to be like seven foot ten, and you <laughs> yeah, know,
0: yeah, they're like big, burly
1: boys, <laughs> yeah, right? So He picks me up and he says, so you're the guy from the north coming down to talk to us guys here in the south about how to talk our way into better sex and make money from it. That's how he interpreted communication, sex, and money. Isn't that something?
0: (laughs) Doesn't surprise me at all because I I, deal—I don't deal so much with the military like you do, but the rednecks and and, and all of those types doesn't surprise me the slightest.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but think about that. That became the title. Of one of my best talks how to talk your way into better sex and make money from it and
0: who's not going to want to go to that
1: exactly like <laughs> i want to go to that i i'm still trying to figure out part of it so you know uh but that's the stuff that we have to talk about and that's why i love what you're doing that's why i love and why what you're doing is so important because we need to have these conversations. Because if we don't have them, we're not going to solve the issues.
0: And we need to make sure that our, our kids are seeing us and, and, and hearing us having these healthy conversations. Yeah, that's right. Our kids learn from us and what we model for them.
1: Yeah, that's 100% correct. Yeah, if, if, if we're avoiding the subject, that's what they're going to do as well. Well,
0: and people think that when money is tight or there's some financial stress that they're going to protect the kids and they're not going to tell them about it. But the kids pick up on stuff, and then they start acting out, and they and they get all fearful because they don't know what's going on. They just know something's wrong.
1: Yeah, isn't that interesting? I had this conversation today with uh, with an executive. We were talking about this very issue of communication, where you know, in communication, it's important to have transparency. Obviously, not in all areas, and certainly not in all things with our children. Uh, at least that's my belief. But, but. There isn't, there is certainly a need to be transparent in many areas because if there's decisions being made that influence an individual or your children, and as, it's certainly when they get older, uh, but they're not aware of what that conversation is, but all of a sudden they start to see things change, then that creates suspicion, right? And when you create suspicion, now suddenly you're creating trust issues. So there's this whole ripple effect that happens, uh and it all starts with communication. If people want to see their money grow, they need to have better communication. I mean, that's it, people ask me, how do I make more money? You become a better communicator. That's how you make more money.
0: On all fronts. Well, yeah. I, I would love to keep talking to you for hours about this, but to finish off here, if you could say – All kids need to know three things before they they move out and and go into the adult world about money. What three things would you want kids to know?
1: Uh, Three things about money specifically?
0: About money specifically.
1: Yeah, so three things. Number one is understand the value of a dollar. Okay, that is so important. What does that mean? Okay, understand the value of a dollar. What can you do with that dollar? I want you to tell me three things that you could do with that one dollar. Okay, and you can't spend more than a dollar. I think that's really important. They need to understand how they can leverage a dollar instead of just get a dollar, spend a dollar. Right. I think that's critical. Okay, that's number one. Number two is and this is an important one. Money does not grow on trees. So you have got to set for yourself a plan. If you want something, then what we tell our children is. Show me the plan on how you're going to get it. What do you need to do to get it? Okay, what does that mean? Do you have to create a small business? Do you have to do dog walking? Do you have to do more chores, right? Come to me with a proposal. Because that sets them up for business success, downrange, right? So, and number three is understand that money is not the source of your happiness. Okay, there are principles in life that are more important health family right these for us are core principles if i lose all my money chances are i can still make more money but if i lose my health there's not a whole lot of uh room that i have to influence that if it's cancer or things along that line right so it's really that money is not your source of happiness but understand it's a tool to get you some of the things that you want to have and the places that you want to go So just remember that it's a tool.
0: Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to share with us. It was great having you on the podcast.
1: Well, thank you very much, Tammy. It was a total pleasure and honor to be with you. I appreciate it.
0: Enjoy the rest of your day.
1: I will. You do the same.
0: Before we leave each other, I would ask all of you listening to please subscribe to and rate my podcast. A review would be most appreciated and feedback is always welcome. Whether it be a comment, future topic suggestions, and or questions you or your kids would like to have answered in the Ask Tammy column on the financialfund.ca website. Please feel free to check me out on Facebook at Financial Foundations Children's Books, on Twitter at Financial Fund, and Instagram at Financial.fun.